Here we go. My name is Todd. And this is Kathy. Welcome back to Zen Parenting Radio. Oh, there's that little glitch again. It's very glitchy. Yes, it is. Um, so what's Zen Parenting Radio? It's a podcast. And why listen to it? Because you'll feel outstanding. Right, sweetheart? Yes, I feel outstanding except for one thing. The smell? That in this room, but also it's very loud in my ear. Not in my ear. Not in, Not in my oh, okay, ear. Okay, thank you. Now I am happy. Um, so on today's show, we are making a big announcement um, about who is coming to the Zen Gets Real Conference 2017. Correct. And it's going to be really fun. But first, I want to say what, why we do what we do. We do what we do because of our motto. And what's our motto, sweetheart? <laughs> the best predictor of a child's no, <laughs> no. The best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. The best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. I just had to take you, a minute. You mumbled it a little bit. Well, I was thinking about something else while you were saying it, and I started going in the wrong direction. So I had to say no, no to myself. So how do we want to start this? Well, I want to start by saying that uh, a couple years ago... Uh, Todd and I decided that we wanted to do a live event. Now, we do live events all the time anyway because we go out and do speaking engagements, but we wanted to do a large uh, live event, and we wanted to bring people who listen to this show all into the same room because you guys all have something in common, and it's not just listening to this show. It's the fact that um, you're interested in kindness and empathy and conscious living and a different way of looking at parenting and ourselves. And when you get a group of people like that together, it's pretty amazing. And Todd and I have had the um, benefit of experiencing that many times. But we wanted to offer that and experience that again uh, with other people. And so we decided to create a live event. And that was our first uh, Zen Parenting Let's Get Real um, conference that was last March. Well, and a lot of the times the events that we go to, they're either in New York or California, and we want to do something here in the Midwest. That's true, too, is we believe Chicago is a great place to have a conference because it's in the middle of the country. You know, you can bring, it's a little more accessible to some people. 15 minutes from O'Hare Airport. That's right. Right, literally. Um, and so last year we had, as you guys know, people who attended, we had Dr. Shefali Spari, who is our good friend, be our keynote speaker, and John O'Sullivan, who's our good friend, and John Duffy, and Carrie Lynch, and a whole bunch Jen, of other Jen awesome Weigel, people. Therese Rowley. I think we can give them all credit. All right. And Kathy Richardson. Um, and me and you. And, me, and of course, you and I. And after having the experience of that conference, it was so fun. And I don't mean it was so great, like every, you know, like, oh, were so great. I just mean the people were so great. Like everybody who showed up, it was so warm. Like you kind of just felt like you were at home, you know, like one of the most comfortable settings ever. That's, and we strived for that. Well, I I wouldn't say I did. Stri- I didn't know what I was striving for. You didn't for. want warmth? Of course I wanted warmth, but I You're just, like Mrs. Warmth. Well, I know, but I you'd never know how a conference is going to be. So I obviously I wanted to come in and I wanted us to be ourselves. And yeah. I knew all the speakers were amazing. So I had confidence it would be wonderful. But sometimes conferences can be stuffy. Yeah. And it was far yeah. from stuffy. It was wonderful. So it was such an amazing experience. And we actually sold out last year. Yeah, we did. So we knew we wanted to do it again. And so we today are introducing our conference for uh, February 24th and 25th, um, which is uh, in 2017. Are you nervous that you're going to... No, I'm not nervous. You're just excited. I'm excited. Oh, good. 
And so we've been working on it for about, what, five months? And when we say we, you've been doing about 92% of the work, <laughs> and I've been doing about 8%. Well, I it's it's kind of like my the baby that I have. It's, it's your... like a fun, and I've got this amazing team because Todd and I work together. Even, even if I'm doing a, a lot of the initial legwork, Todd is always my... Sounding board. Sounding board. And we, you know, make decisions together. And then we have this amazing team of Synergy Creative and our friend Craig and my sister. And we just, it's fun. Yes. Wouldn't you say that we've had a good time? Yeah. We like creating what we want to see. We've been to, we've both been going to certain conferences and things like that for decades. And we're taking kind of all the good parts of the things that we've seen and yeah. brought it and kind of made it our own. So, okay. All right. So, our first speaker for the. 20, I can't talk over that, <laughs> for the 2017 conference is Rob Bell. Who's Rob Bell, oh, sweetheart? he's so good. And he is so, so good. good. He says that on his show all the time. Um, so Rob Bell is somebody that I um, first was introduced to several years ago when he was on Oprah Super Soul Sunday. And this was many years ago, actually. I'd never heard of him before, but he was somebody who had, he's, he's a, a pastor that that's his history. Right. He doesn't work as a pastor anymore, but he gave this like broadened perspective of how we can experience God, nature, life, the Bible, uh, connectedness. And it was a very broad perspective. Expansive. So we, expansive. So we could see ourselves in it and we could understand and not get lost in the dogma, but stay connected to our hearts. And um, it was very controversial yeah. initially. Uh, I think a long time ago, he went through a lot of controversy. A mm -hmm. lot of people kind of pushed against him. Um, but since that time, he's become one of the most um, well thought of speakers when it comes to conscious living. How would you know? Have you ever seen him in person? <laughs> I have. So not only was he on um, you know, Oprah Super Soul Sunday, but then of course I started following him. And when he came to Chicago a few years ago, I got to see his Everything is Spiritual um, presentation. And it was so good. And Todd's listened to it since. I've um, watched it. It's on YouTube. It's he's, free. He's watched it. Okay. How to, so you just go to YouTube and go to YouTube and put into, uh, the search bar, everything is spiritual Rob Bell and it'll come up. It's like a two hour, it's a two hour presentation and you will not be bored. Oh my gosh. It's so well done. And what I loved also about seeing him that night was that he and his wife and his children that summer basically rented a huge bus and just toured around the United States while he did this tour. So his children sold his books mm -hmm. and his wife was there. And he also said at the very beginning of his presentation, I will stay here tonight until all of you have had a chance to talk to me, if you choose the, you know, if you choose yeah. to talk to me, he wasn't like you're all going to want it. Right. He didn't mean it in an egoy way. He said, "I will be back there signing books. I will make sure that I get to shake your hand if that's what you're here to do, and I just want you to know I'll stay till that's done." I mean, come on, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you were on the Rob Bell bandwagon much earlier than I was, but uh, I just in the last six months or so, I've realized. Um, I don't know. It, genius is a word that gets thrown around a lot, but he's just really awesome. He's just amazing. Well, it's somebody who has a lot. These are the kind of uh, speakers that I really enjoy or teachers or authors or lecturers are people who really have 
this this work is not a career. It's a vocation. It's something that they were born to do. And he has all this history and background understanding how religion intersects with our belief systems, how human behavior interacts with sometimes religion or not having religion, um, how we as human beings interact with each other. And he is able to explain things that are often difficult to vocalize. Uh, for those of you who like Elizabeth Gilbert, it's they're very good friends, Rob Bell and Elizabeth Gilbert, and she probably quotes him more than anybody else, meaning that she doesn't often have the words to explain, but she'll say, my friend Rob Bell explains yeah. it this way. And Rob Bell also has a podcast called The Robcast, which we've talked about on the show quite a bit because Todd and I listen every week and we always come away going, oh my gosh. Yeah. It goes deep, and he is such a good speaker and such a good man. So when you said, hey, let's get Rob on, and we we got him and, and everything, um, I was like, he has wonderful things to say, but he's not necessarily a quote-unquote parenting expert. So then surprisingly, I mean, we signed him up before this came out, but he just came out with an audio download called Launching Rockets. And I'm actually going to play a few clips of it just to give you listeners an idea of what Rob is all about. But it's it was um, weird because this came out after we already invited him. Like, I just want him to get up and talk about whatever he chooses to but I'm guessing that he's going to have some wonderful stories and the way he kind of goes about his thought processes on life is also go along with his thought process on parenting. Well, I'm thinking that when I was in contact with them, um, that they probably knew he was going in this parenting direction. And when I said, we've got this Zen parenting conference, mm -hmm. he was probably like, that's, you know, yeah. it, it fit maybe yeah. where he was going next. We, we could have maybe propelled him in that direction. Who knows? But um, so it's a, I think I spent 30 bucks on it, but it's a three hour audio thing of him just talking and it's 17 observations about being a parent. He has three kids. Uh-huh. What are their ages? Well, one he just dropped off for college. Uh, one is in high school and one is young. Gotcha. So yeah. he's got quite a spread there. Mm -hmm. So um, I just want to play a few quick clips. And uh, just the little setup that I need to play for this clip is he, one of his observations is you need to be joyful and joy-filled when parenting. It's actually an honor to do it. It's a privilege to do it and to approach it with a sense of joy. And then this is kind of his counterpoint to that point, and it's about 30 seconds. So here we go. Rob Bell. Why? Because if you have a kid who's making you miserable, that kid is miserable, right? Happy kids don't act miserable. That insanely frustrating child is frustrated. Do happy babies cry? That teenager with a sullen attitude and the bitchy tone in her voice, she's a wreck. She's trying to figure out who she is and she's wrestling through all the muck that's coming her way. She's overwhelmed. That junior hire in agony doesn't need more agony. He needs less. So that's mm -hmm. an interesting, because his it turns out, his parenting philosophy is very, very, very similar to what you and I have been talking about for the last five and a half years on this right. podcast. Which is not shocking. It's the things we talk about on this show are universal principles and people who work, it's not just about work, people who have an understanding of consciousness and mindfulness and embrace it in their own lives. Everybody has the same mindset about parenting because when you understand the bottom line, 
which is that it's about relationships with people. It's about connection with people. It's that people, as Rob just said in that clip, if people are acting miserably, it's because they feel disconnected. So for us to push them away more or shame them or guilt them disconnects them even more and you're perpetuating the problem. So I also want to say before you go on to the next clip, um, Rob also has a book that he wrote with his wife Mm. and it's called The the Zimzum of Love. And you and I have also enjoyed them. They've been on Super Soul Sunday together on Oprah's show because um, their whole idea of relationship is very similar to Zen parenting. And again, universal principles, um, you know, about connection and understanding each other and listening to to, uh, to each other and communicating. So that's another book if you are more interested in partnership or you have very young children and you're focusing on partnership right now, he has that book that's very relevant to you too. Yeah. So go on. Whatever it is that's frustrating you right now, whatever is in the way of you enjoying that kid, whatever it is, somewhere down the road, they'll probably frustrate you for the exact opposite reason. When your child is a newborn and they aren't sleeping through the night, it makes you insane, right? But that same child is going to hit middle school, and at 1.17 p.m. on a Saturday afternoon, you're going to be frustrated because they're still sleeping. (laughs) And that two-year-old who has endless energy is the same kid who, when they're 16 and sitting on the couch doing nothing, you're going to wish they had more energy. I thought that was an interesting observation. And those are my favorite observations because it's the kind of thing of what do you really want? What are you looking for? And if you're really in your own head and you're only looking at things through your own lens, you see problems everywhere. But if you can actually understand where other people are in their development and their mentality and their in their emotional experience then you understand that these things are normal mm-hmm. you know what i mean like a child who is is really active when they're little well that's exactly how they're supposed to be but when they're in middle school or in high school and they're exhausted in the middle of the day that's exactly what's happening they're growing yeah. you know they need that sleep but we get very angry because we think it means if they're little it means they're hyperactive and they have a problem and if they're older and they're relaxing then they're all of a sudden lazy so it's just it points out something very obvious so i want two more clips and they're both really good this one is about 50 seconds and it's when he's teaching his son how to drive okay or their future several years ago our older son turned 15 and a half and he got his driver's permit which meant that i could sit in the passenger seat while he drove for the first time so we'd get in the car and take off down the road i'll never forget the first time we did this I got in the passenger seat and he got behind the wheel and I'm watching him try to keep it all straight, knobs and levers and other cars and the rear view mirror. And it, I don't know how long it took just for him to get the height of his seat right. And as he drove down the street, I was struck with how many things there are to worry about when you're driving for the first time. Driving is nerve wracking enough. There's enough stress as it is. He didn't need me adding to his stress. My job was to be a non-anxious presence, supporting him, giving him guidance when he needed it, you know, like how to avoid a head-on collision with someone or how not to crash into a telephone pole, that sort of thing. Life is difficult enough without your parents making things more difficult. Mm. How about that? That's that's it. 
We think our children, we think we're somehow creating our children with our words and our criticisms and our shames. You know, we think we're somehow making them a better person, but really we're pushing them further into a corner mm-hmm. or further into a place where they don't, they no longer reach out. And driving is a good metaphor for what their life experience is. Yeah, it's the whole idea of, oh, just start driving. And the, to his point, the amount of things that we do unconsciously now when we get behind the wheel is all has to be learned. Right. And we kind of just forget about that. We forget that and we think our kids should know better, whatever metaphor you want to use. So I thought that that was pretty powerful. And I remember so well getting behind the wheel of a car for the first time with my dad next to me and having the exact same experience his son did where I literally thought to myself, how do I remember all these things? How do I remember to turn on my blinker before I turn? And now we would say that's ridiculous. But until you've done something and practiced it and really had an experience with it over and over again, it can't become autopilot. Well, and the the example I want to share is that so many parents tell us every now and again, oh, well, we got to toughen our kids up or we got to show them the way. And Rob's point and our point has been for the last five years in this podcast is the world is hard enough Mm -hmm. and it's not our job to harden them up. It's actually our job to soften them up and to make sure that they have a safe place to come home to and feel supported. The world will teach them those lessons without us adding to that. Well, and you just said soften them up, but really our job is to soften ourselves up. Right. Because if we soften ourselves up, they're given the opportunity to do what comes naturally to them. And a lot of us will say, well, what comes naturally to them is to make problems. Mm. That's not true. That's not natural. Problems and issues and anger and frustration and lashing out comes when they feel disconnected and when they don't feel in alignment. Yep. So So last clip. Here we go. Now, that same spring our son got his driver's permit, my wife Kristen went to a meeting at his school for the parents of sophomores. The meeting was led by the school counselor, and it was about how the school would help parents and kids navigate the college application process in the coming years. Several minutes into the meeting, the counselor had to stop the meeting and confront the parents about their anxiety, telling them, Kristen said she literally had to say to the parents, The meeting will not continue unless the parents would relax about their children's education. These were parents so overwhelmed with stress about something two years away that the counselor had to stop the meeting. Here's the truth. It's probably not about your kid. Your kid is simply a very present and easy way to express all the unresolved whatevers there are lingering in your heart, in your mind, in your soul, and your bones. Work out whatever you need to work out so that your kid doesn't have to work out everything you didn't work out in addition to all the things your kid is going to have to work out. Because we all have our stuff fear, envy, terror, unresolved anxiety about all kinds of things, wounds, unreconciled pain from our family of origin, stress about money and identity and relationship. Just to name a few. Just to name a few. And you guys, that's that's the basis of this show. That's what Dr. Shafali writes about in The Awakened Family and in The Conscious Parent. That is basically, again, universal principles of understanding what's yours and what's somebody else's. It's the distinguished, it's the 
uh, self-awareness so you can be empathetic towards another. When you are unaware of what's yours and what's theirs, you make everything theirs. Every feeling you have, you end up putting on your children. And it's being able to – a lot of the stress that you are carrying as a parent, you just have somehow said to yourself, well, that's just what parents do. This is because I love them. There's all sorts of things that have been given to you to normalize what you're doing. And our suggestion always is, and as Rob is saying there, is you have to recognize the bags you are carrying Carry your own bags. When it comes to your kids. And don't just carry them. Look at them. Open them up. Open them up. Sift through it. And that's what this conference is all about is this is a a two-day opportunity for you to look at what's yours and how you can kind of grow from those experiences. So I will say that we feel so honored to have Rob Bell be the keynote speaker at our conference. Um, I just can't wait. He's going to open up the morning on Saturday. Sweet. All right. You ready for speaker number two? I am. Speaker number two, someone we've talked about on this show before, uh, Rosalind Wiseman. Who's Rosalind Wiseman? So Rosalind focuses on uh, creating cultures of dignity. And the reason why you guys know Rosalind Wiseman is because she wrote the book Queen Bees and Wannabes, which is the basis of the movie Mean Girls. So Tina Fey read her book and wrote a screenplay based on her book. So the reason her book was so powerful is because it was all about girl culture and all about how um, girls interact with each other, the social norms, the bullying, um, you know, expectations, emotions, and it wasn't all negative. I mean, it was, it gave us kind of a deeper dive into what goes on um, in those pre-adolescent and teenage years with girls. She doesn't, again, they'll write it just to be, you know, to like say, look how scary this is. Her intention is to help parents and teachers, educators, anybody who's working with with girls, and I'll get into the boy part in a second understand them and understand what they really need to thrive rather than being stuck in our adult brain and focusing on them in terms of, oh, you should know better than that or why would you do that or stand up for yourselves or why would you hang out with that girl anyway? We have to understand. We have to, for us women, for us moms or women who are working with kids, we have to put those clothes back on and put those shoes back on and remember what it's like to be that age. That is something that I feel, I've said on the show before, I feel so lucky or maybe I just always knew this would be my vocation that I can remember being every age. So when I'm talking to my 13-year-old, instead of talking to her like a 45-year-old, I'm very thoughtful of where her mind is and what's most important to her. That doesn't mean I'm always doing it right. It just means that I'm not thinking about, I'm not saying things to her that are disrespectful within her experience. Now, this is what Rosalind Wiseman teaches, not just to parents, but to um, to school districts, to leadership uh, academies, to – basically she talks about the ethics of working with children and helping children develop more ethics. So she's pretty amazing. And Todd, the reason we've talked about her on the show is Todd got her book – about boys about three or four years ago. Do yeah. you remember what it was called? Mastermind and Wingmen. And so that was about boy culture. Yeah. She got, you know, she, you know, New York Times bestseller for the uh, the girl one. And then the boy, and then a few years later, she 
she's a researcher, so she like spent a lot of time with uh, with the a boys. group of boys, all from different backgrounds and all that, and it was pretty amazing of what her message is. So we're. I know I can't say how excited I am. So she's obviously a thought leader, author, media spokesperson on bullying, ethical leadership, the use of social media, which we're all interested in right now, because part of the reason that she caught my attention again a few months ago is Queen Bees and Wannabes just came out with a third edition, actually, I think in July or maybe this month. And it has in it now how we focus on social media, because when the book was first written, that wasn't an issue, right. you know? So now it's it, there's a new up updated edition of Queen Bees and Wannabes. And so I I really think that I'm not quite sure what her talk will focus on, if it's going to be directed to the parents or anybody working with kids or partly to the kids. I don't, I'm not quite sure. Well, and just to give you an idea of the type of people, because we're kind of the ones who created this conference, we don't tell them what to what say. To say. We tell them who our audience is. We tell them about our podcast and we trust them to uh, convey a message that is important and useful. Well, and we just believe that people who are in, you know, again, living their vocation, they know exactly what to do. They don't need direction from us. Right. Um, we are following them because they do such amazing work. So for us to say, hey, we want you to say this, that, or the other is ridiculous. So again, what Rosalind focuses on is creating a culture of dignity for boys and girls and helping create that culture of dignity for them by teaching parents and teaching educators how to support them. So do you want to play? The dignity um, one? Yeah, please. All right. So here's, so, she's talking to who? Oh, this she's is a actually talk. Yeah, it's, it's a TEDx talk of hers, and she's actually talking to a group of educators. Okay. So this is her talking about dignity. Is that when you walk into a school, and I'd ask you to do this the next time you walk into a high school, is see who is represented in the hallway. Because in most schools, what you will see are these vicious, horrible mascots, like the Panthers and the Jaguars, and they're re reaching out to like destroy you, right? Okay. Also are pictures of championship sports teams. Trophies line the walls. I was just at a high school two days ago where this was the case. If there's anything else, there's the marching band trophies over in the corner, but that's to the, that's to the you know, helping out the athletic guys, right? Now, there's nothing wrong at all with celebrating athletic achievement, but all children need to be represented in the public space of the school. If a child walks in underneath, I mean, into the school, underneath those pictures of kids who are bullying them, the school is saying in the unwritten rules of the school, the culture and climate, who matters? And if you're bullied by kids like this, if they go after you for who you are, your race, your ethnicity, your sexual orientation, your gender, if you go up against one of these kids, you will lose. That is what we say when we celebrate only certain children on the walls of the school. Here we go. Is that so not true, Todd? Yeah. I mean, just, you know, listening to that, recognizing that we talk about, you know, kids, you know, saying, be your authentic self and, you know, be who you are and stand up for who you are. Yet when you walk into a school, but 
Yeah, don't forget to conform don't with what we think is most important. What we tell kids is most important is who the people are who are lining these walls, and the majority of them are ridiculous athletes who were born with the gifts that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the the extreme situation where you've got the valedictorians lining the walls, yeah. so you've got to be like an A+, plus, A+, plus, A+. Plus. Yeah. I was actually just um, learning that uh, someone in my family who has a really high grade point and it's like a 4.1, okay? And found out that he's still only in the 25th percentile of his class because there's so many kids who have 4.3s and 4.5s because they take weighted classes. So it's becoming really crazy. Um, And so when you walk into a high school, that's all you see. And if we tell those children who are not represented on the walls, stand up for yourself, it's very difficult for them to believe that's what we really think they should do because they're not represented. So again, Rosalind is all about creating a culture of dignity for every child. It's it's non-negotiable. This it. Why would we not? Right. So you want to play the next clip? Second of two clips, and it says reach out. Yeah. I work at a school called Potomac Falls um, High School in Virginia. And one of the reasons why I knew I liked this school is because when I walked in, there was a huge picture of the championship basketball team next to a huge, equally prominent place picture of the theater kids, of the debate kids, of all different kinds of kids. I knew this was a good school. And this is a school that deals with all different kinds of problems, just like every other school in the country does. So when we do this, when we educate, no matter what we're doing with 21st century learning, technology, teaching, engineering, school has always been about understanding our rights and responsibilities with the social contract of each other. It has always been about understanding how to create civil discourse and democratic principles that our children literally embody and learn, and then they can take that into the world. That is what it has always been about. So what I'm asking all of us to do is to step in. I'm asking us that there are things at stake here that are so large, from a child who feels safe walking into a school to being able to feel like there are adults in their life who care and are competent to help them and advocate for them. When children know that we are there for them, when they know that we don't just care about the, so we don't need to know about the social abyss of teenage uh, cruelty, but that we care enough to understand the power of those dynamics and that we will step in when it is necessary. Our children will meet us more than halfway. They will engage, they will care, they will think that we know what we're doing, they will trust us to take leaps and risks of faith, to do new things, try new things, and to reach out when they need help. Reach out. And that's it. I mean, she. it's interesting because if you just listened to that and you didn't listen to the rest of the talk, you may think that she's saying we need to be over-involved in our children's lives and step in in, in maybe a helicopter way, and that's not what she's saying at all. She's actually saying when it comes to our children's social lives, we often overstep. We often get involved before they need us to, and instead of listening to them and, and allowing them to emote and talk about their own experiences, we just watch what happens, and then we overstep and try and correct it for them. That is not what our kids need. But if we are willing to step up and talk to them and allow them to talk to us about what's really most vital and important, then like she said, they meet us halfway. 
a lot of the things that we become most concerned about fall away and they say, okay, you're helping me in this way, so I'm going to help myself in this way. And so again, I really hope that for those of you who are social workers or educators or who work in the mental health profession or work in education in any way, shape, and form, I hope you consider coming to this conference, to obviously to hear Rob because he's amazing, but also to hear Rosalind's message about inclusion and about um, dignity and about support for children, uh, not just in the home, which is obviously kind of our you know world in parenting, but also in systems where kids spend their time, yeah. like schools or sports, um, because I think we are doing them a disservice a lot of the time. And the things that we could, we can change are doable. There's some things that, you know, and it's kind of one of those things where it's a domino thing. You change one thing and it shifts a dynamic and then the next thing changes. And, you know, just her suggestion of what are you putting on the walls? How simple would that be to change? Yeah. To not have just trophies everywhere, well, but actually have pictures of lots of different kids. Well, and we're so conditioned, like, um, because we grew up in those same high schools that had the exact same things on exactly. the walls. Exactly, So we don't even think about it. But I never even thought about putting that, you know, whatever, the debate or the theater prominently in a location at school. Like, it was always there, but it was in the corner. Correct. You know? If it was even around, right? Yeah. And she does this in this uh, TED Talk, which we'll link to. She also talks about how we can help when children are being bullied in the school. And right now, everybody's on the bandwagon about how, you know, we need to put these bullying programs together and we need to get them in the schools. But you know what, what's been, what hasn't happened? Nobody's trained the teachers of how to do this. And everybody has focused on the teachers of being the only ones that can do it. And that's not fair. All the while, we're trying to tell the teachers that uh, they need to teach our kid all the math and the yeah. English and everything else. Or you science. missed this or you didn't see this or how could, we are putting way too much social work on the teachers. And if we are going to ask them to notice things like bullying or how to, you know, step in when there's bullying, we at least have to teach them mm -hmm. and say, here's some proven methods or things you can do, or here's a support system. And again, I still think it's too much, but but with that said, I still think we need to supply them with what they need to make a change. Well, and I would say that anybody who has the resources and the commitment to go to this conference that we're offering are the, you know, I said this last year, those are really, you parents are the ones that care the most, not care the most, no. that doesn't sound right. Um, they tend to be doing this work already. Exactly. And so then somebody be, somebody might be like, well, why, I don't really need to go. I'm already doing some of these things. One is to sharpen the saw, as Covey says. But then the other is if we can empower our children to be leaders, not of the debate team or the football team, but to be leaders in emotional intelligence and let that kind of have the butterfly effect, um, that is really what I'm aiming for. Well, and really the goal is, and again, I keep saying, keep taking Todd back even a step further, we need to be the leaders in emotional intelligence. It's not teaching our kids to be emotionally intelligent. We, as parents and educators, need to be emotionally intelligent so they learn how to do it. They learn by watching us live, not by us saying, hey, go stand up to that bully when we're unwilling to ask our, our boss for a raise. We, we ask our kids to be something that we are not. And we ask our kids to do things that we would never do. Well, and uh, it's role modeling, role exactly. modeling, role modeling. And this weekend or whatever it is, reading a book, listening to a podcast, you're teaching your kids that you want to thrive at something. Yeah. And instead of, you know, whatever, 
watching TV half the time. You're you. We are in this with the intention of becoming better than we were, bettering ourselves, better than our parents did with us. It's about evolution. It's about growing. It's about expanding, things like that. And, you know, a lot of times we get questions about bringing kids to the conference. And this is kind of where Todd and I stand with this because this is what happened last year and it worked out well. There were people who brought their infants because they needed to carry them around, nurse them, um, you know, needed to be hands-on attached to them, which we totally think is great. You know, we actually had a place where they could go nurse. So for those of you who have newborns, you know, young kids, infants, that makes total sense. And then our children, were there, obviously, because they were with us. And then there was a lot of high school kids and a few college kids, too. And that made a lot of sense to me, too, Mm -hmm. because they're kind of not only looking at this through the eyes of family and their parents, but they're also having these adult experiences now. You know, they're kind of growing into adulthood, and so it was very helpful. So if you have young kids, like anywhere from like two to uh, maybe sixth grade, that's probably, those kids are not going to like this conference because there is a lot of quiet time and there is a lot of listening and sitting and kids that age really can't do that. Um, But the little littles Mm -hmm. and the olders, I think would really enjoy this. All right. We ready for number three? Uh, For the next. um, Yeah. All right. So. We have Rob Bell, we have Rosalind Wiseman, and our third keynote speaker is Ali Smith from the Holistic Life Foundation. Who is Ali Smith from the Holistic Life Foundation? Well, Ali Smith came to an our, came into our lives, like talk about something where you knew that this was someone we had to meet. Yeah. We did a conference about, I don't know, four or five months ago, and he was one of the speakers also. And, you know, he caught my eye because it said something about mindfulness and yoga, and he didn't look like your traditional mindfulness and yoga teacher. So mm-hmm. I was like, I got to read about this guy. And then I listened. It just so happened that that same week... Wasn't it like in the exact same week, Todd? Yeah. Or I might be, it, it may have been two weeks later, but regardless. Well, I listened to uh, my, Dan Harris's podcast. 10% happier. And I said, there's this guy named Ali Smith, and I think you should listen to it. And you're like, oh my gosh, I just read something about this guy, and he sounds amazing. So then you listened to the podcast and fell in love with him the way I did. And- yes. And then it just so happened on social networking, like a week later, someone had posted a clip of Ali Smith when he was on Brian Williams, because they did like a, you know, an NBC special a report about what Ali Smith was doing with the Holistic Life Foundation. So he came into our lives fast and furious. And um, I was so excited when he said he would come to this conference and be a keynote. So let me tell you a little bit about him. So Ali Smith, along with his brother and another guy, there was three guys, mm-hmm. um, but they founded the Holistic Life Foundation in 2001. He's the executive director. So they are in Baltimore, Maryland, and that is where they grew up. Okay, so that is their hometown. And they went away to school, but then they came back to Baltimore um, and they teach yoga and mindfulness to diverse populations, most specifically in the Baltimore school system. And they are teaching yoga and mindfulness to the kids who are most at risk. So basically, it's the kids that all the educators and parents are saying, we can't teach these kids. We don't know what to do with these kids. They are in trouble all the time. They are fighting all the time. Um, They are causing problems. We can't get them to do anything. And Ali and his brother and his friend work with these kids with yoga and meditation, and it has changed their lives. Yeah. 
I mean, it is incredible what these men are doing. And I just, they're everything that like make my heart swell because not only do they do this in their own lives because um, Ali grew up in a home where his father had some health issues. And so his father learned mindfulness and yoga to deal with his own health issues. He taught his sons then how to use mindfulness in yoga. And what they always say now is that they were... Um, what were what do they call themselves? They always say we grew up in the hood and we were like, you know, kind of that nutty family yeah. who were, you know, we just there was nobody like us. Yeah. Um, and but they grew up in the same circumstances that everybody else did. They didn't well, have money. You don't money. think of inner city kids doing yoga? No, right. and dangerous neighborhood, all the things. And for those of you who know a lot about Baltimore, there's some things going down in Baltimore. It's right. a tough community. And they are bringing these amazing practices to these kids to give them a shot at uh, understanding themselves and having a chance in life. That's right. Should we go with the first clip? So yeah, first clip from so Ali. This is a, a clip. Uh, there's a podcast named 10% Happier with Dan Harris. And Dan is interviewing Ali. So he's introducing him right here. Annoying. Um, and so I'm very pleased to have as my guest today somebody who is bringing this practice into some places that I think some listeners are going to find very, very surprising. The first time I um, ever heard Ali Smith give a public presentation, Ali Smith, by the way, is the co-founder and executive director of something called the Holistic Life Foundation, which I will explain in a minute. The first time I ever heard Ali speak publicly along with his brother Atman and their colleague Andy, he got a standing ovation. And I was one of the people standing and hooting and hollering and clapping, and I had never met him before. Why did he get a standing ovation, and why was I one of those people standing uh, as part of it? Because what he does is incredible. Uh, Ali, um, as part of the Holistic Life Foundation, goes into some of the toughest neighborhoods in one of the toughest cities in America, Baltimore, Maryland. He goes into some of the toughest neighborhoods to the toughest schools and says, give me your toughest kids. And he then teaches those kids yoga and meditation, and the results have been phenomenal. This, and I'm not talking about anecdotal results. I'm talking about scientific studies, which we will get into, uh, showing that they've had real benefit for real human beings who really need it. There you go. Come on. This is, I just am so excited about hearing him speak. Yeah. I mean, this is, and the reason why, obviously, I feel this will be powerful is because of what he's doing in his own community and, and what he's offering these kids. But then what I always think to myself is, why aren't we giving this to every kid? Like, why is this not a normal thing? And, and again, there are many of you saying, hey, it is a big deal in our school. We do yoga and meditation. And for those of you that it's are not using mainstream. it, it's not mainstream. It's getting to be mainstream, it's but better we're not than it quite was, there. but we got a long way to go. You know why people keep fighting this, Todd? They think it has something to do with religion. And they start yeah. to feel that people are enforce or putting a dogma on them or yeah. saying you have to follow this or, or that they are, it's, you know, a lot of people who like, Put it this way, when I started my yoga training, there was a lot of talk about um, people who are Christian who don't believe yoga is a good thing because it's connected to another religion. And we had to do a lot of work in the yoga teacher training breaking down that idea because that isn't true. Yeah. Yoga and meditation, and again, I like to use different words for it so maybe it feels more accessible – Moving your body and breathing and sitting in quiet are for everybody. Yeah, moving your body and breathing is yoga, and yeah. sitting in quiet is meditation. Exactly. Call it whatever you want; doesn't matter. And for the for the children who have to deal with chaos in their environment 
or chaos in their lives often caused by parents or often caused by the pressure. You know, it's like those extreme situations. You've got, you know, kids in Baltimore who, you know, parents are, um, some of their parents are incarcerated. They've uh, dealt with abuse and neglect and thing and not having a school system that can, you know, take care of all of them to kids who are in maybe a more a wealthy community who are get put have so much pressure put on them to be perfect that they actually have suicidal ideation. You know, meditation and yoga would be helpful in both of those situations and everybody in between. So I, I'm excited for Ali to teach us uh, his experience. So before I play the second of three clips, um, we're going to talk about the website in a second, but we've gone 43 minutes and okay. we haven't even told them where to find it. Okay. So it's zengetsreal.com mm-hmm. and we'll talk a little bit more about it at the end of the show. And you can also go to zenparentingradio.com and you will click on events and find it. So either place works. So here's Ali. You guys doing, keep doing it because it's working. So when you say it's working, what do you mean? Um, so the kids went from reacting to responding to things that were going on around them. Like they they learned the ability to kind of take that pause between just someone saying something about them and punch them in the face to stop them for a second and maybe walking away and going to breathe. Um, they were able to focus better in class. Uh, they weren't getting in trouble. Like they were just less impulsive and they were able to kind of regulate themselves a lot more in, in any situation at home or at school. So there's the first one. I'm going to play the second one real quick, all right? Go ahead. Uh, meditation process. So what, what kind of meditation were you teaching them? Um, a lot of breath-based meditations, some mindfulness meditation, um, a, any and everything we could just to expose them to different forms because mm. we wanted them to be able to st- whatever stuck with them. Like me and my brother grew up meditating together, but he loves walking meditation, and I hate it. So, I mean, we knew if our likes in meditation were that diverse and we grew up meditating together, taught by the same person, our dad, like we had to give people different tools and whatever they decided to use, that's what they used. So we started off with a lot of guided. We did a lot of guided meditations because the kids had been through a lot of trauma, so we didn't want to give them like those empty spaces for the trauma to come up. So we, we would kind of guide them through it all the way through. But then after a while, when they got comfortable with it, we would just be like, all right, you guys, let's, it's time to meditate. And everybody would just get silent. And they would do whatever practice they spoke and, to them. Any st- Do you love this guy? Yeah. I mean, two things in there. Number one, about the different kinds of meditation. There are many people who will say there's only one way to do it. You have to take my class. TM is the only way. You know, this is the only way. There's no other way. I've had so many teachers tell me that over the last 20 years, that I'm doing it wrong, that I have to follow them, that I have to pay this money for a course. You guys find the way that meditation feels good to you and continue it. Well, there's something so powerful about how he's like, oh, my brother does walking meditation. I hate it. It's just so, I don't know, that it makes him so much more relatable. And that's you and me. Yeah. I mean, Todd, there's nobody that loves to move more than Todd. (laughs) And I can sit and, you know, and I can actually now, after a lot of dealing with my own issues in my head, now I can sit in those empty spaces and it is joy for me. And Todd needs to move. And if I said, you must sit in my empty spaces with me, he'd be miserable. And sometimes when Todd's like, we have to go hike a mountain, I'm like, I'm miserable. So you, we have to respect each other's ways. And also what uh, Ali said about you know, with that they're so knowledgeable about what meditation can do that when they're working with these kids, they realize the guided uh, visualization is the key because if you have children who have experienced intense trauma and you ask them to sit in those empty spaces, they can have a healing crisis. They can become more fearful. You have to ease them in to finding that space inside so then they can sit in that empty space. And that as someone, you know, I when I heard that, 
I was like, they know exactly what they're doing. Yeah. You know, that's it. So um, not that I ever questioned it, but I just loved that verification. So those are the big three. So Rob Bell, Rosalind Wiseman, Ali Smith, they are our keynote speakers for the 2017 conference, uh, February 24th and 25th. So, and we're going to do some speaking as well. Of course. So just like last year, Todd and I will speak on Friday night um, from seven to nine and it will be a Zen parenting discussion Mm -hmm. and a Zen parenting, you know, we'll, as it gets closer, we'll decide where we're going with that. But just like last year, there'll be time for questions and we will have lots of pop culture discussion and we'll have videos and we'll have music and it'll be just as enjoyable. And then, uh, so yeah, so the website is zengetsreal.com and you can register. There's a a register link in the upper right-hand corner. And we just want to spend a little bit of time on the mechanics of it because we're doing an earlier bird special that expires... September 30th. September 30th. So if you get in between now and September 30th, you could save yourself some money. Um, Some serious money. So um, if you get in now and there are two of you registering you will save $150. Last year, one thing we found, because we did Kickstarter last year, and we found that a lot of people like to register together, like couples or friends. And so a lot of people bought two tickets at a time. So we made that um, available this year too. So you can register on your own, an individual, and it'll be $250. If you register together, it's $450. And on October 1st, that will be $600. Exactly. On October 1st, after Early Bird's over, the price for one person will be $300, and the price for two, like Todd so it will be 600 So get in now. Do this now because this is a really good deal. Um, and then you're doing a pre-conference workshop on Friday afternoon. Correct. So another thing that was a lot of people asked for last year that we weren't able to put together was a little more, like something maybe at the beginning or something that was like a smaller group. And so this year on Friday from 3 to 5, um, I'm doing a pre-conference workshop. Um, it's called Self-Awareness and Feminine Power. So obviously by the name, it's targeted toward women. As Todd has asked me a number of times, what if men want to go? Of course men can go. But the message is targeted toward women because it's about women hearing their voice, recognizing who they are, embodying who they are, and not being apologetic for it. But also at the same time, having humility and compassion for other and figuring out that balance between the genders without having to overpower the other. Mm-hmm. So again, it's, it's a lot, but self-awareness and feminine power, and it's going to be a really powerful couple of hours. So that is also $50, but that's an extra. Right. And That's then an extra. what's a Zen friend, sweetheart? Well, why don't you explain? So a Zen friend, we're uh, going to create a scholarship fund because last year we got a lot of emails from people saying, oh, I really want to come, but I can't afford it. And we did our best to help them out, but we want to be able to do more this year. Mm-hmm. So, And some of it is just to give us the resources to put on a really good show. So some of it will be directed towards the scholarship fund and some of it will be directed into the conference itself to make the experience even better. So, um, But if you... Um, invest or donate $100 or more, we'll name your name on the podcast just as a uh, gesture of gratitude and recognition for that. But it could be any donation at all. And that is on the checkout 
in the checkout of the Eventbrite, which is how you register for the event. And you'll see it. It's really easy. You know, you can get uh, register for one, register for two, register for my comp- for my pre-conference workshop, and then it says Zen Friend. And like Todd said, you can decide how much you want to give. But there are some people who are coming to the conference who want to donate, and there's some people who can't come to the conference but want to support the cause and make sure that other people can go to the conference. So please feel free to um, invest and uh, in in this conference because we know it's going to make big change That's and right. help people see and feel things differently. We feel oftentimes Todd and I have uh, back and forths about financing our work because Todd is a much more business-minded person than I am and I'm a little more focused on, not that Todd's not focused on the message, but I think you're more of a salesman mm-hmm. than I. True. And, and sometimes I'm not so much focused on cost. But with this conference, I feel very empowered to say, please give because we're going to use it in the best way possible for yeah. this day and this experience and these speakers and making sure people can get there. Um, and then we also have sponsorship sponsorship options. So if you um, own a business or are an employee of a business, that you think might fit in well with our mission and our message and you want to put your business in front of a 300 and, or 400, 400 yeah. uh, like-minded parents or parenting types, um, then there's sponsor, sponsorship infor, information on the website itself at zengetsreal.com. There's a, uh, yeah, the middle tab is sponsorship information. But if you have questions specific to it, you can uh, shoot me an email at comments at zenparentingradio.com. And we already have sponsors who oh, are yeah. who have jumped right. in, so I want Todd to read them. So um, Comprehensive Clinical Services, thank you. Uh, the Tribe Men's Group, thank you. Rita Highland Coaching, uh, she sponsored last year, as, as did Comprehensive Clinical Services. Uh, Trinity Family Law, uh, Tree of Life Chiropractic Care, and Bring It Home. Uh, which is Anne Marie. Mm-hmm. She uh, attended. She's a really awesome uh, parenting expert here in Chicagoland area. Uh, she focuses on mindfulness. And then finally, uh, the coaching business that I just started, um, Todd Adams Coaching for Guys. So those are our businesses so far, but we would really love for um, other businesses to jump on board. So. And there's a lot of different options. You'll see when you click on sponsorship options, it's very well laid out, very easy to understand, and you can choose which one you like. Yeah, last year we didn't have tiers. It was either you're in or you're out, but this year we have different tiers to mm-hmm. make it uh, um, easily adaptable depending on the size of your business. So. Um, what else? Well, I guess I'll remind you that early bird special has begun. So get your tickets, get your group involved. And if you do have a big group, say you have a business or, you know, there's a bunch of teachers who want to come or a whole business, you know, a whole workplace, call us or, yeah. or email us at comments at zenparentingradio.com because we can get you some kind of um, discount. You know, discount. Bulk discount. Bulk. Um, but for those of you who it's just you or you and a friend, jump in now. Again, this only lasts until this, this great uh, price only lasts until September 30th and then we're going to regular prices after that. So jump in and I will also remind you that we have the Screenagers uh, documentary coming up September 26th. Um, it is our fastest selling documentary screening that we've done at York Theater. Um, Todd and I just looked at the amount of people who've already bought tickets and it's not till September 26th. So if you plan to go, I would get your tickets now. Yeah, we're going to sell out of this bad boy. So yeah, get so now. go to zenparentingradio.com and click on events and you'll see the conference and you will see screenagers. Um, words of wisdom? 
Oh, I just would, instead of giving words of wisdom, I would just like to say... I'm oh, s- I forgot to do our uh, our own podcast partners. Can't forget about that. Oh, please, please, of course. I got so excited about the conference, I forgot to yes, talk about our partners. Yes, we have to talk about so our So we have buddies. three amazing partners, Tree of Life Chiropractic Care, who we've already mentioned. She's sponsoring the conference as well. And you can find uh, Dr. Kelly at chirotree.com. Dr. John J. Kelly Dentistry. Uh, he is our family dentist, and he's on the northwest side of Chicago. So check him out at chicagodentistonline.com. And finally, Avid Company, painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area, 630-956-1800, avidco.net. Thank you for all of your... Um, Partnership. Partnerships. partnership edges. That's right. Um, so I will just say... In place of words of wisdom, I would just like to say I feel so grateful to be able to work on something like this and be a part of a conference like this with these kind of speakers. They're so inspiring to me, and um, I'm so glad that this will be in Chicago and that you and I get to do this. And I just really hope you jump on this because these kind of things don't come to Chicago very often. Yep. So this is an opportunity. And for those of you who plan to fly in, do it. The hotel is awesome. It's 15, 10 minutes from O'Hare, something like that. It's so close. It's so convenient. I'll just say keep trucking. I like it. See you guys next Tuesday. Have a good week. Bye. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it, and we hope you'll join us next time. If you're a fan of Zen Parenting Radio, consider leaving us a review on iTunes. This helps people find us. You can also just tell a friend about our show. That's our favorite kind of marketing. Todd and I do speaking engagements about Zen parenting and self-awareness, so if you have an interested group or organization, contact us at comments at zenparentingradio.com. And get your early bird tickets for our big Let's Get Real Zen Parenting Conference February 24th and 25th at the Westin in Lombard. Todd and I will be speaking Friday night, and we have Rob Bell, Rosalind Wiseman, and Ali Smith as our keynotes on Saturday. If you want to know more about self-awareness or conscious parenting, pick up one of Kathy's award-winning books at zenparentingradio.com or Amazon. If you're a guy, I have two resources for you. I coach guys. It's called Coaching for Guys. (laughs) On the phone, Skype, or in person, we set goals together and come up with a plan to meet those goals. The website is toddadamscoaching.com. And we also have a monthly men's group. So if you're looking for a group of men to have authentic conversations with, check out thetribemensgroup.com. If you ever shop on Amazon, you can help us out by first going through the Amazon link on our homepage. It doesn't cost anything to you, but we get a small commission from Amazon. If you want an amazing vehicle to teach your kids about money management, go to the lower right-hand side of our homepage and click on the FamZoo logo and enter Zen Finance as a promo code. I want to give a special thanks to our three partners, Tree of Life Chiropractic Care, John J. Kelly Dentistry, and Avid Painting and Remodeling. Thanks for your love and support. Keep on trucking.